I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Cowboys Talk. Let me bring back my good friend, Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare. Wiley, how about them Cowboys? them Cowboys? An absolute decimation of the Philadelphia Fraud Eagles. Monster-moded, guzzle-fest, Eagles decimated, their fraud of a coach embarrassed. My God, what a day to be a Cowboy fan. This was no fluke. This was a fucking brow-beating. I mean... Honestly, this game, you know, my friend Ricky, who runs uh, Arch Rivals, which tunes in twice a week, you know, he's always telling me, Alex, you got to have more faith in your boys. That's true. And we don't necessarily think they're going to win the Super Bowl because of this win, but when you decimate a rival team to this extent, this is one of those wins that can define a season, or at the very least, make the Cowboys look way better than they did in the first two weeks. I mean, this game, you know, every time we play the Philadelphia Eagles, something either good or really bad is going to happen. But for the Cowboys, it's good. And Cowboys have now been the Eagles for the fourth straight time at home since that dreadful 37-9 loss to the Eagles four years ago when Carson Wentz embarrassed us. And this was actually the first Monday Night Football game between the two teams since 2008. And let me ask you a question, Wiley. Do you remember what happened? In that Monday Night Football game between Dallas and Philadelphia in 2008. I get a hint on what week it was. It was week was... two, Monday Night Football. Oh, week two. Uh, was this Terrell Owens returns to Philly and does poorly? Nope, this was Deshaun Jackson, you know, supposedly throwing away his, what would have been his first quarter. Oh, yes. Yes, when Jackson caught the bomb and tried to be cute showboating and dropped it before the end zone i do remember that yeah and what's stupid of that play i'm still a bit i'm still like talking about is that as soon as he dropped it i know adam jones picked up the ball immediately but the refs decided to put the ball to one yard line so yeah i mean technically deshaun jackson fumbled it yeah of course but the refs decided to give the to, to let the eagles keep the ball but anyway that was 13 years ago it doesn't fucking matter anymore but man, this game. You know, Pretty much everything good you want to see in a Dallas Cowboys football game. Uh, with the exception of Zeke, who still looks soft. But my goodness, Tony Pollard really coming into his own. I mean, and Zeke did this have looks, a good game. Whether you like it or not, Zeke did have a good game. He did okay, but this is turning into a full-time timeshare. Which, if you're a Cowboys fan, is kind of nice because Pollard really runs with some ferocity. But if you're a Zeke Elliott fantasy owner, it's brutal. And honestly, if you drafted Zeke early in your fantasy draft, you're kind of a newbie because it was very obvious he was due for a down year. But forget fantasy. The Cowboys won. And even though Pollard is the guy that they're really going to look to in the future and the running back that looks best, you have to be so happy. Huge win over a rival team. Absolute decimation. The Eagles look pretty fucking terrible. The Eagles look like a lost team. And Jalen Hurts, the thing that jumped out about to me about Hurtsy was the fact that this guy's a running quarterback whose biggest asset is his ability to split the defense with runs. 
This guy never finishes plays hard. He's always running out of bounds, even if it equates to a zero-yard gain or a negative gain or a one-yard gain. Jalen Hurts loves to avoid contact. This is a very young guy. This isn't Tom Brady trying to not get sacked and throwing it away a bit early. This is a guy who's really throwing away his biggest asset and sort of looks foolish in that regard. I mean, it's tough. And and I cut to this game... I knew Jalen Hurts was actually going to give our defense a hard time. Let's keep on. Even though our Cow- the Cowboys' defense did good today, they still got torched on a couple of plays, especially that f- when on Philly's final scoring play when uh, I think Ward caught it. I mean, that was pretty humiliating. On that particular yes. Play. The, the secondary is still soft, with the exception of Diggs, who is quickly oh. turning into a top-tier corner. Maybe top-tier is too strong of a word. But a very good corner who could potentially be top tier in a couple years. But if he's like a seven and a half out of ten, the rest of the guys are five or below. So you're not sitting here saying, oh, the Cowboys' defense is suddenly God tier. The secondary is untouchable. But you're sitting here saying, Diggs has a nose for the ball. Your boy Gregory had a bunch of pressure on the quarterback tonight. And frankly, the Cowboys are in a position where a defense that was the worst in franchise history last season is looking serviceable. If the offense can stay healthy, specifically the Lion, this is a team that could win 10 games and run away with the NFC East, which is still very weak. You know, 100%. And speaking of Trayvon Diggs, my God. You know, I believe this was the first uh, pick six that Cowboys had since 2017. I believe Byron Jones in 2017 against the Washington football team at home, had that pick six when Dallas demolished Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins looks at, look absolutely silly in that game. I remember how badly they bullied him. But, you know, and Trayvon Diggs, the first Cowboy with an interception in each of his first three games of his season since Everson Walls in 1985. But let me ask you this, Wiley. Who does Trayvon Diggs, who's he starting to remind you of as far as the Cowboys is concerned? Who's he reminding you of now, starting to? Is this a Cowboys-specific that I'm supposed to be asking, like an old cowboy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when you think of uh, years ago, who was our best cowboy secondary player? Well, I hope you're not going to say Neon Dion. Maybe like a Newman yeah. or a Pac-Man. You got it. There you go. You Terrence Newman. It. Terrence Newman. Yeah, I think that's a solid comparison. You know, but I'm telling you, Trayvon Diggs, I mean... You know, for him, you know, he's you know this this season, you know, he's intercept he intercepted Tom Brady in a week one. He intercepted Justin Herbert last week, and you no, know, this week he has a pick six. I mean, I'm telling you, Trayvon Diggs is really showing that true potential, and it seems like he's just getting better and better each game. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, and I tell people, don't be surprised. Trayvon Diggs has a serious and committed mentality. He played at the University of Alabama under Nick Saban. You play in that atmosphere, no shit, you're tough as hell. No shit, you stay out of trouble. You are absolutely mature. But I'm just telling you, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, I mean, this dude is just absolutely insane. But it wasn't just that pick six, you know, the, his cover, how he, he would just, you know, defend well. I mean, the dude is just getting just more excited. Yeah, I think what we're really starting to see as Cowboy fans is the difference between a team that can never pressure a quarterback or force turnovers in a team that can. Bill Parcells had that old adage about the turnover differential and it being incredibly important, and we're really seeing that come into fruition in these recent matches. I think that if the Cowboys' defense 
can keep getting turnovers, it's going to be a fucking night and day difference, okay? Mm-hmm. This is a team that is not necessarily... The old adage, Ben, don't break. If the Cowboys can really play to that, that's what they should look to do. This defense is not going to be top 10. It's not going to shut teams down, and it's not going to prevent them from getting a lot of yards. But if they can reel off significantly more turnovers than they did last season, it can really sort of mitigate the damage of what really is a somewhat sloppy defense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And but in speaking of this defense, you know, we allowed only sixty four rushing yards, which is which is very good. You know, only twelve first downs. I you know, we let them go fourth for twelve on third down efficiency. I mean, we stopped them on two fourth downs, and I believe we sacked them twice on those fourth downs, too. I mean, you know, and see, you know, I mean, Micah Parsons, on that particular play, when Jalen Hurts tried to scramble, and just out of nowhere, Micah Parsons just, you know, grabbed him and just took him down. That was just absolutely incredible. And Yeah, and I, I was sad to see Parsons banged up at the end, but he came back, so he, obviously oh, he he's out. okay. Oh, he's, he's fine. I, I, I think, I mean, and I saw him get hit. Like, that, that was pathetic from, from that Eagle player that hit him. And I, I think my guess is he just had the air knocked out of him. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, <laughs> that Eagle player is butter because he did, because Parsons has been picking him all game, and and the, and the way you're gonna resolve that anger is by taking a cheap shot in garbage time. In Typical garbage Philly time. move. Typical Philly yes. move. That's all I could think when I saw that so, disgrace. So I don't know who it was, but whoever took a cheap shot at Micah Parsons, I'm gonna quote you on this, Wiley. You are a disgrace. You're repulsive. It was repugnant. You are fraud. Fraud fraud absolutely and the philadelphia eagles got defrauded as well this was an offense that looked anemic and disjointed again this was an offense that looked absolutely abominable a couple week uh, last week when they got shit on by the niners and they looked ineffective again you know jalen hurts is a player who looks as though he doesn't understand what makes him good he doesn't know how to use his legs he doesn't know how to scramble and pass to open tight ends. He's got a long way to go, and I thought it was funny when one of the commentators said, remember, folks, he's a rookie, and he's certainly playing like it. That was great. Jalen Hurts is not a rookie. Oh, yeah, he played a few games last year, but he's still classified as a rookie. <laughs> yeah, but I'm well, that's what he said. I'm quoting yeah, the guy, yeah, Alex. Yeah, 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 I know. I mean, I'm not b- busting your balls. I'm just like, it's 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 just it's just so amazing how that guy, that guy would say you know, that he was a rookie. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But we gotta talk about Dak. I mean, you know, you know, now he's you know five and one against the Eagles in his last six starts against the Eagles, and we all know like this year, you know, Dak Prescott is the you know has the most touchdown passes in his first six season with the seasons with the Cowboys, and. You know, Dak Prescott coming to this game twenty four and eleven in his in thirty five career home starts. So, and you know, and speaking of Jalen Hurts, I mean, you know how you described it. You know, in six career starts coming to this game, he was two and four. I mean, now we can make it two and five. But as far as Prescott goes, I mean, he's those mistakes we saw from him. Those are the mistakes we talked about, like that fumble in, in the end zone. It was it was a mistake on both his part and the offensive line because. How do you say the pocket collapsed and Dak Prescott did not throw the ball away when he should have, and there was a couple of times you know when he got sacked again or in that particular play, you know and those times like he would 
the play calling was just those times that would Kellen Moore called this play and, and Prescott would have nobody open. He would he would scramble to the side and then get hit. I'm just like, guys, what the fuck is this? Why are we putting Prescott in that position? He could. Last thing we need is him getting hurt again. Yeah, I uh, you know, I don't know, man. To me, it's like Dak looked pretty good. The throws that he made were sort of like goofy Dak throws, like way behind people. Even though he think he was like twenty one of twenty six before they pulled him. I don't really have anything negative to say about Dak. For after this game. This was a no. great Dak performance. Great use of Tony Pollard. You've got to love pretty much everything if you're a Cowboy fan after this win against the Eagles. Oh, oh totally. And speaking of Dak Prescott, no matter all the mistakes he made this game, he made up for them. And you know, 21, yeah, 21 for 26, you know, 238 yards, three touchdowns, and that beautiful, and I'm talking about beautiful throw to CeeDee Lamb in the, in the first drive. That's what I want to see out of Dak. Yeah, I want to see sharp play. I want to see a consistent drive supplemented with lots of runs. And our episode preview, we accurately pointed out getting the run established would be the key to this game. Mm -hmm. Seems like we say that a lot because guess what? It's like always true. And they got the run established, got that early lead, and Hertz really looked lost from the majority of the game. And if you look at his runs especially were terrible, and a lot of the passes he made were little pissy screens and checkdowns. I know he like attempted a couple long bombs and got one in garbage time, but he looked really bad. I can't say this, but you know, as, uh, as a matter of fact, I was actually in the Londoner in Colleyville. Uh, if those of you in DFW, if, if you live in the near DFW airport, the Londoner is definitely a place to check out. I I got actually a couple of I got us a couple of new followers for this show, and one of them believes that that Jalen Hurts is is like stuck in the in the in the play style of uh, the University of Oklahoma. That's probably true, but I can't say. I mean, because the way you say it, I mean, yeah, it is true. But there's probably a lot of reasons why. Some would say that's because he plays for the Eagles, and the and the Eagles absolutely suck. I mean, you could say that. But Sirianni's terrible. It's probably pretty hard to develop as like a rookie quarterback with a running style when you have goofball Sirianni coaching you. This is an Eagle team similar to the Chargers that makes so many unforced errors and goofball penalties that you really do have to take a step back and say like, well, the coaching is fucking garbage. Like, what is going on with the shit tier coaching? I mean, let me ask you, Wiley. Do you believe that if this shit continues that like maybe two weeks from now, Jalen Hurts is, is going to start calling out the offensive scheme and, and really start like sp- speaking out, like unleashing his own criticism? I don't know. It's hard to predict what Hurts is going to say. I can yeah. tell you that Sirianni is not going to like be in the league as a head coach in five years, though. I, definitely not. And and yeah, I'm just you know, and, you know, we yeah, we did speak about the running game. And you know, I mean, a, a total of like a close 150 yards on 28 carries between Pollard and, and Zeke. You know, what have I been saying? If the running game works, if it's effective, keep doing it. You know, look, I want to see Amari Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb have these 100-yard, you know, games. But you know what? If the running game is effective, we're driving down the field, scoring, killing the clock, then so be it. Okay. And it, it's unfortunate for me, you know, because I love Amari Cooper and, and Cooper had another... 
low game. But you know what? Amari Cooper did some great things. I mean, for me, if Amari Cooper plays great, it's not a him having all these catches and putting up these yards. It's like him blocking, you know, creating the running room like for these long runs. So, you know, so Cooper is still doing his job. I mean, people forget a, a receiver can do more than just catch the ball. And But you know, as far as, uh, as the receiving game, I mean, we really have to praise Dalton Schultz, you know, the, the Stanford smart guy, I like to call it. You know, six catches for 80 yards, you know, scored twice, so. Looked incredible, and that second touchdown in particular, he caught it along the sideline, and he did the Jason Witten move mm -hmm. of cutting back inside for more yards and very grittily grinded his way into the end zone. This is after watching a whole fucking game of Jalen Hurts playing like a complete coward and trying to avoid every fucking hit possible like he was made of glass. Just great to see Schultz man up, punch it in. Dude, I'm telling you, I mean, it's, it's, when I placed all my faith in last year after uh, the other guy, I even forgot his name, Blake Jarwin got, uh, went down. Everybody gave me a hard time saying, okay, Alex, we get it. You think Schultz is, is up for the text because he's a, he went to Stanford, so he's smart. I'm like, okay, look, obviously he's smart because he went to Stanford because Stanford's that school, is he? They don't care how good you are at football. If you're not smart, you're not going to get to Stanford, so... That's the intelligence I'm talking about. I mean, it's not just, you know, that's why I like to call him the Stanford Smarty because Schultz adapted to the game. Like, you can tell he studied game routes. He studied the game plan. Schultz did his freaking homework. We can't deny that. Yeah, he looks really good. Yeah, he looks really good. And Dalton, if you have if you happen to be listening to this, which is probably a shot in the dark, keep up the good work, brother. Keep it up. I might have to pick you up on fantasy football. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well... And, and, and you know the Cowboys. Everything you know, they we we said they do like force turnovers. You know, keep control. But but I gotta ask you like the I and I have to ask you this, and, and I really need you to to tell me how you feel. But I feel like the Cowboys finished the second half in a bad way, especially like in the in the closing minutes. You remember that? Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of nitpicky as much as they were up by. Yeah, that. Letting Philly score that touchdown was sloppy Joe. And like I said before, the secondary looked pretty sloppy with the exception of Diggs. There was that one play to freaking Zach Ertz where they just didn't know their assignment. I mean, if you're playing better teams, those are the, the touchdowns that actually lose you the game. But got away with it against Philly, so. I mean, I remember on that right before the pick six, uh, Zach Ertz, you know, dropped that, you know, open field uh, yes. pass. And, and if he had caught it, dude, he would. I think he would have scored because there was there were no players around him, and the, there was a lot a lot of open field just right there. It might have been Goddard, actually, but yeah. No, I, I'm pretty. Sure, I think it was. I mean, either either way, the Cowboys, you know, the the defense just the defense got lucky, but you know, it's it's because you know the tight end couldn't make the play, but but man, but I'm I'm gonna be honest. Despite me being very objective, I have, I, I have to be honest, Wiley. When the Cowboys kick the Eagles' ass, that that feels pretty fucking good. Uh, these are the games that you can really revel in and take joy in, because even if you're being really realistic and you're really not sure that they're going to make the playoffs or do damage in the playoffs, it still feels really good to beat your hated rival. Mm -hmm. And and in, and in games like that, it's sort of like well. You look around the division, the Giants are like a bottom three team in the NFL, and they have Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator and Joke Judge as their coach. They're a disgrace. Like, Philly looks fucking terrible. 
anemic offense, subpar defense, and the football team, not really a threat. You know, they already had their quarterback go down. They're more of a team that you think is going to go about 500. So the one thing about this game is not only do you stick it to your division rival, you almost can, like, deduce, like, well, shit, if they look this awful, maybe we can win the division outright. I mean, I think at this point it's it's going to... Uh, starting from now, it's going to get closer to the fact that there's no excuse for us not to win the division. And here's something that really surprises me. The fact that we only had four penalties and Philadelphia had 13. Because usually it's the Cowboys who have the fucking penalties, right? True. Well, the, the Philly, Philly was just a poorly coached disgrace, truth be told. If you look at the sort of penalties they took, constant holds, and I know one of their linemen got hurt, but... Multiple illegal man downfield penalties, which is just garbage coaching. A couple of false starts. Philly looked awful. This was a lot like the Charger game where the other team just kept making unforced errors, shooting themselves in the foot. I think that uh, Philly's coach and the Chargers coach are bottom five coaches in the NFL. 100%. So anyway, so that just wraps up with the Cowboys. You know, I getting our points cleared out just like that. But, Wiley, I beg you, before we go, can we please, please talk about the NFCs? Because I really want to get your thoughts. Now, usually we do this in a separate episode, but in this one, really, I say screw it. We're going to put it together because, you know what? I really would just, I just want to tear this this horrible division down. I mean, I, I, I swear, it's no exaggeration. If the Cowboys don't win this division, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be your words. It's fraud, but... God damn, the the NFC East is just... <laughs> it's about as bad as it can get for a football division. And like I said earlier, the Cowboys just really have to do what they're doing now. Like play Ben don't break defense. Maybe get a turnover or two. And then the offense looks sharp. Keep the line healthy. 10 or 11 win season. And in this division, that'll be enough. Not necessarily loving them in the playoffs per se, but feeling good about this division because basically everyone else everyone that's not named the cowboys in the nfc east has either gone downhill or way downhill and they weren't projected to be good in the first place so we got to be loving this shit oh a hundred percent you know there's actually one of the dudes i work with at primetime sports talk actually uh had a piece published about 10 hours ago about you know where the Giants you know go from here and uh, it's definitely a must read but there was actually something I shared on uh, Twitter I actually tagged you in it earlier and <laughs> it's it basically oh, here it is where the Giants rank offensively since hiring Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator check this out and uh, and I know and I know you're, you're gonna laugh I don't know if you're gonna laugh or it's gonna make you sick to your stomach but check this out 32nd in yards to go on third down 31st in points per game, 31st in explosive pass plays, 30th in points per drive, and 28th in yards per play. What are your famous words as far as that goes, Wiley? Well, it's obviously fraud, but I've got another nice little quotable for you, is that I couldn't think of a better town for that to happen to than New York. (sighs) Just absolutely Pugnant, and, and and you know what? I, I I think at this point, you know what? You're absolutely right because all those years that Garrett was here, 
making a bad choice this year. Giant fans were laughing at us. Well, you know what? I think at this point, because you, you said that you clearly said this yourself. They laughed at us for so many years, but now the joke is on them, right? Yeah, I mean, I would get all worked up and drop on my lines about Garrett, but the truth is, is I think the whole fucking thing is hilarious. So I'm not gonna get worked up. I'm just gonna laugh and revel in it. I mean, this wasn't like to me. This was like a really obvious prediction. We watched this shit and complained about it for a decade, and our biggest rivals took him in sort of like a spite move. Think like the the Angels, Josh Hamilton and C.J. Wilson contract blew up in their fucking face and that just makes me so happy love to see the giants lose love to see the fucking jets lose too and as has there been like a worse football year in new york since this one or i guess last year or the year before i mean football in new york is just an abomination so you love to see that football i mean it seems like the baseball teams uh, are not very not, not very good the new york mets are struggling Oh, well, the Mets are going to Mets. They're a, a soap opera in their own fucking league. But since this is a football podcast, if you look at the Jets and Giants, that might be like worst team in the NFL and second or third worst team in the NFL. So you'll love to see that. Check this out here. Well, here's a gentleman I'm sure that, you know, kind of thinks like you. Check this out. That He mentions how Tony Romo dragged Jason Garrett to the seven top 13 finishes in total offense. <laughs> wow. But, you know, I, I'm just telling you. And, and, of course, check this out. A, a new source confirms that Jason Garrett will keep calling plays for the Giants offense. Okay, okay. I mean, well, hey. He's the coordinator. What are they going to do? Like, if, if you don't let a coordinator fucking call plays, then, like, what's the point of having one? I mean, I, I don't know, but, you know, because I know how, how, you know, uh, how awful you keep reminding the world that Joe Judge is. And, you know, it's just horrible coaching, but... I think at this point in the Giants case, Wiley, it's not just the coaching. I think the management has gone soft. Well, the team is bad, too. It's just disasterville up there in New York, and you love to see it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Giant fans can still say, well, we won you know, all the Super Bowls that Eli Manning won. Well, we haven't done shit, but I would say, look, yeah, that's true, but it's got to be pretty huge. I mean, it's just like us. You guys went from winning the Super Bowls to, to, to just absolute uh, obscurity. Yeah, I don't think anyone in our audience wants to hear about the Giants Super Bowl where if they played ten that match ten times, they would have lost nine. Yeah. Especially the 07 one. Everyone here knows that's a fluke, even Giants fans. Yeah, 100%. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mean, you know, when I saw Washington just get absolutely destroyed by Buffalo, you know, at, let's forget, like, Buffalo had that 21 21- nothing lead and then all of a sudden you know it just like i think it was like a three four minute span it was 21 14 and you know tyler heineke for for that part but i mean tyler heineke was really just still trying to make an effort but i mean i'm telling you i mean this is what i was talking about washington's defense is beginning to really starting to crumble i mean it's they're still sacking the quarterback but i think overall that washington defense is beginning to uh go down too like the titanic I hope there's a band playing when it finally fucking sinks. <laughs> I wish nothing I wish nothing but ill upon the other teams in the NFC East, and I have no shame in saying that. Does that go for Tyler Heineke as well? I mean, it's not like really player specific. I'm not wishing injuries on dudes, but 
I want to see the football team win five games. I want to see the Giants lose every game. I want to see Hurt struggle and not develop. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. And I like the Panthers too, so fuck the rest of the NFC East. <laughs> Carolina looking real good this year, by the way. Sam Darnold, after getting out of New York, that grotesque cesspool, and away from that dope Adam Gase, oh man, he looks like a whole new player. He does, and we will be actually be previewing this Sunday's game against Carolina. But I think right now, as far as the Cowboys goes, looking at the schedule right now, the next two games, you know, this Sunday against Carolina and then next week against the New York Giants at home, these are definitely games that are winnable, but we'll get we'll get deeper into those when we preview them. But I'm still, I mean, like I said, at this point, some people are already convinced that the Cowboys can't lose the NFC uh, East, but let's not let's not forget. I mean, the schedule is brutal because in October seventeenth, we have to go up to New England and play the Patriots before playing the Minnesota Vikings on the road on Halloween, and that'll be tough because you know, I mean, Vikings offense is pretty freaking good. Uh, I'm not sure as far as Dalvin Cook's status will be at the time, but. The schedule for Dallas is going to be pretty brutal because we got to play the Broncos at home and then play the Falcons at home. But the Falcons at home sh- shouldn't be... Uh... Falcons at home should be an auto win. Giants at home, auto win. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you're exasperated about the schedule. We just monster-moded Philly. The message for this podcast should be, how about them Cowboys? Not, oh no, Atlanta's coming to town. What are we going to do? Atlanta barely queefed out 17 against the Giants' defense. I think we'll be fine, Alex. I mean, we'll be fine against the Falcons, no doubt, but, you know, we have to win out Broncos, of the Chiefs because... We Broncos, insanely overrated. Carolina, one of the least scary 3-0 teams you've ever seen. McCaffrey, out for weeks. J.C. Horn, potentially out for the season. This is, and oh, and by the way, I've noticed this, not just with you, but with every football fan. People see that Patriots on the schedule, and it makes their tummy flutter, just like TB12 still there. Guess what? Bill Belichick is quickly being established as one of the most overrated coaches in NFL history. Sorry to say it, everyone always, how much of it's Tom? How much of it's Bill? 50-50? Oh, looking like it was about 85% Tom. As Tom's freaking 43 and winning Super Bowls, and Bill Belichick can hardly get his dick out of his fucking pants over his gray hoodie. Okay, Patriots, that ain't what it used to be. And the other games you mentioned are either teams that have misleadingly good records or are fucking garbage. So you know what? Cowboys should go on a huge win streak. If they're legit... If they're if they're ever gonna win a fucking playoff game outside of the wild card round, the Cowboys should have an insurmountable lead by Christmas in that division. I'm coming out and saying it. All right. The schedule is easy. I don't want to hear you exasperated about the schedule. Are you the kidding Chiefs, me? We play the Chiefs on the road, okay? And then we have the oh. Raiders on Thanksgiving. Okay. And you want to talk about overrated 3-0 teams that are not as good as their record? The Broncos, the Panthers, and the Raiders. If you look at NFL history, teams that started 3-0 and recently, let's say the last 15 years, those are like really, really weak teams compared to other 3-0 and teams. So be happy, Alex. Have a big banana grin. We just dropped 40-plus on Philly. I mean, this is a great day to be a Cowboy fan. It is, and, it, and I'm... <laughs> You know, m- much like Ricky Linkowicz um, of our rivals, you're basically saying, Alex, 
Have more faith in your team. Well, yeah. <laughs> or don't buy into the hype of other teams and celebrate wins over your rivals. I mean, this is just phenomenal. It was phenomenal at 41-21. I mean, it's more than a win. Dropped 40 points and man, that felt good. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboy Stock is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Riley, remind the folks where they can find you. Follow my Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, at Venomousstare, one word. And how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Easy. Easy. <laughs>